available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we are the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. Another great start for the Pac-12 in the bowl season. We're going to talk about the Cheez-It Bowl today and preview a few more of the bowl games. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us. That's the best way. Pac12podcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at Pac12podcast, our website, as always, where you can find all our old episodes and all our picks, Pac12podcast.com. And if you'd like to text us or send us a voicemail, you can do that by calling 424-532-0678. Now, listener, you may notice that we sound like hot garbage right now. There are many reasons for this. <laughs> uh, first, we always do. Second... Uh, Ryan is in Tennessee. Third, um, I am recording this episode rather than the usual, um, you know, Ryan Abraham setup in an office with beautiful sound quality. Nope, it's just me yelling into my computer, Ryan yelling into his phone, and that's where we are. So it's going to be a, a great show, um, and we're going to try to do this in under an hour. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that should be fun. So we apologize for that. Dave, thanks for stepping up and taken over the uh, production of the the podcast so you can send all your complaints to at david david woods on twitter um but no i think i think it'll be fine you're, you got we're in good hands david you're going to be fine with us i think it's going to go well not great <laughs> not wonderful but i think it's going to go well um it's going to go better i think than the cow game did um last night you know, this is the one day we're doing this where I don't have my soundboard and all of our our sounds. I can help really out. Would you like me to help out? Well, because there's this button I would want to push like mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I don't know if you know which button I'm talking can, can, about. Can I help you? Sure. That was ferocious. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. I was I was I, I honestly kind of enjoyed it. Like it was, it was, it, it definitely did get to that point where it was so bad that it was actually good. Yeah, it was funny. Like you weren't tweeting much from the, I was tweeting on the Pac-12 account, getting a little snarky mm-hmm. and uh, someone tweeted me, uh, obviously David Woods is running the Pac-12 podcast tonight. And I was like, nope. And then you tweet later on, like, this is glorious or something like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? It was so awful. good. It was so good. Uh, should we just get into this recap? Because this this was this was actually incredible, and we need to spend as much time on it as possible. Because we got a special request from our man Brandon Huffman, um, the the two four seven sports great, but really the life great Brandon Huffman, um, yeah. requesting thirty total minutes on this football game, which <laughs> I, I could I could I think I could talk about this game forever. Um, so TCU won. 10 to 7 in overtime. 
which yeah. I think, like, if you were just, like, looking for a few words to describe the game, a team beating another team 10-7 in overtime, that, that pretty much encapsulates it. Like, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> but there's so much more there. There were nine total interceptions in this game and not a single passing touchdown. That, what's that ratio like? That's not good, right? I think it's, is that infinite or is that undefined? <laughs> I never remember, right? There's always, there's yeah, infinite what? if it's over zero, but it's undefined if it's zero over something. I don't remember, but uh, this was really bad. Um, what was your favorite interception in this game? <laughs> I, okay, my favorite interception, it's it's a two. There's, so if you look at what there are two TCU options, did, there, there are definitely two options. Um, but I, but just I'm going to give you a grouping, and then I want to get your your top interception. But the fact that TCU had two illegal forward passes, one because it was some, um, you know, you know what you want to do, Dave, when you can't throw the ball, run a trick play where you throw it three times behind the line of scrimmage. That that seems like a smart thing to do. That's what TCU did. But one of those passes behind the line of scrimmage was a forward pass. Then there was another forward pass, which you're not allowed to do in the rules of football. And that second forward pass that was illegal was intercepted. Then TCU's quarterback rolling out, runs past the line of scrimmage, and it's, you know has a lot of ground in front of him. Like, maybe you should run because throwing the ball doesn't seem to be your forte. Throws it, you know, and then the illegal pass, that's intercepted. So two illegal passes for TCU. Not only were just illegal passes, but – the worst case of all worst cases, they get intercepted as well. Yeah, it was incredible. So my my picks. So there were two, there were two interceptions that I think you can pick from. Obviously, the double pass. Well, really, it was a triple pass um, because they threw it <laughs> backwards the first time. Then it was a forward, and then it was a second forward. So we'll call that a three pass play. Um, to have that picked off was that was beautiful stuff. But yeah. there was also the interception in overtime that nearly won the game for TCU right then. But then the SID for TCU interfered with the play, just kind of <laughs> on the sideline, hits the ref. Um, and that pushes TCU back to the 40-yard line when they get it in OT. And they somehow still score, so it's great. But that was also a really... that I think that was like maybe the most quintess... Well, they were both like really, really evocative plays. The kind of plays that like in a single moment described the entire game. Um, there were just so many good moments in this game. I mean, what were you thinking well, that, when, Gary, I mean, when Gary Patterson pulled his kicker off the field, like <laughs> screaming at him, and then within a few seconds apparently made up with him and got him back out on the field to miss a field goal? What did? What were you thinking then? Well, and then he – so they brought out – There was this was the end of regulation. They bring out – there's two kickers, apparently, because always, you know, TCU's a banged-up team. They're like, oh, they're snappers snapping for the first time. Like, all this stuff. Like, their their quarterback, if you don't know, started his first game in his last game as a TCU Horn Frog. So, this was, you know, they were, they get defections, they've had injuries, all that. But, yeah, I don't know exactly what happened on that play. They're, there's a long field goal, so I guess they have a choice between the two kickers. They ran out one. Cal called the timeout to ice them. So there's three seconds left in the game. It's like a 45-yard field goal or something. Then they bring out the other kicker after the timeout, and he ends up missing it. So I'm not – that was just very straight. It seemed like you were – you know, you're icing your own kicker. or do, I don't know. There were some weird 
weird stuff going on with that special team stuff. It was beautiful. I mean, it was just so good. Um, I think if you're... You mentioned the SID. Now, Bruce Feldman tweeted that, like, was that basically when that play happened? So the interception, targets the ball first in overtime, throws a pick, obviously, because that's what they do. Um, and, you know, re- the, the guy's returning it down the sideline, and you show, like, the back... They showed it later, the back half of the play, where the referee has to run up and down the sideline. You can't... It's a danger to them if someone's wandering out into the field. One of the SID, apparently someone in a suit did. Now, Bruce tweeted that, was that the, the TCU SID? I didn't see confirmation after that. Do you know if that was really him? And oh, if, no, if that's no, the case, I, I, mean, I, I do not know, but that's... Okay. I mean, I understand it, though. You want a closer look at this game, you know? Like, you want to see this more <laughs> up close than you already are on the sideline, because this was a... Marvelous exhibition of football, right? Can you imagine that? Like you're the the for people who don't know the sports information director is basically like the media relations person. So what their job is is you know they'll put out press releases and stuff, but after the game they you know set up the interviews with the media and and the players. Like he has nothing to do with the game and could have decided the game when you're talking about an offense that can't move the ball and had 15 yards passing the whole day, a 15-yard penalty seems like a big deal in overtime when you just intercepted the ball and your DB or or linebacker, whoever it was, was 11 yards away from scoring but got caught by a Cal offensive lineman who made the play of the the evening. He should have been the MVP no matter what. Um, And I I thought we should change the rules, David. Like, you could return an interception all that way. You should start at the 11, not at the 25, or in this case, the 40. I agree. I agree. Um, why was Cal throwing the ball in overtime or at really any point in the second half of this game? They finished with more passes than runs in this football game. What were they uh, doing? I, I don't know. And this was Chase Forrest in the second half. So yeah, they got to just, split up their, like, their interceptions a little more evenly. I mean, than, the equivalent of just grabbing a guy like out of the stands and putting him out there. Like, that's what they did. <laughs> And TCU got the right idea after a little while. They ran, they threw the ball 21 times and ran it 59. What was yeah. Cal doing in this football game? I, I'm not sure. Uh, there was definitely some points where you, you felt like the forward pass should have been made illegal for the game and just see what <laughs> well, I think they I think they yeah. did make it illegal, but they just didn't inf- uh, inform um, Cal's offensive brain trust. <laughs> You, you got to wonder um, what's going on there. Uh, this is, this was, so it, it started and it was weird by the end of the game. Like you said, that interception in the overtime was sort of like a microcosm of the entire game. If you were watching Twitter at the time, everybody was watching this game because it was sort of like when a car chase comes on, like you got to what, like, Oh, everyone's got to turn on the cheese bowl. And the jokes were just flying. It was insane. Like it was so bad. I bet you it's one of the higher-rated bowl games because it was so bad. And this was a day you had a bowl game canceled earlier in the day. And so we're like, we're trying to sit down and watch some football here in Tennessee, and the bowl game's canceled. And it's like, and you're getting like NBA talk or something instead. And it was like, then you were debating, which was worse, like the, the bowl game that was canceled or the cheese it Bowl? I don't know. Oh, it was, it was incredible. I mean, it was truly a beautiful thing. Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 I've got nothing else to say about this one. Um, Cal maybe tried well, got, to, they tried to offense a little bit too much. Did they try to offense a little bit too much? Maybe. Right from the beginning. And they you looked at the Cal offense, those first two drives, like they had a really good drive the very the first time they touched the ball. And it was like they were moving down the field. It was like tempo. They were. It was like, this looks like an offense. What is going on here? Um, and there, it was a little more, I guess, open and loose. But the looseness led to picks, and then the picks led to problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it, mm-hmm. was, it was weird. So it started off weird. This was in the where in Chase Field, where the Diamondbacks play. So it was kind of cool. They showed the way they uh, had to configure it for for football. And I didn't even realize that this was played there. I, I was thinking the Cheez It Bowl was up in San Francisco for some reason. Um, but I thought that was kind of neat. I don't know. Like, that was a, a neat aspect to it. But uh, apparently, interceptions just rained down on a baseball field, like in a, in a game like this. It was, I mean, it was, yeah. That was, there, there were, I, if you weren't watching this game, I don't know how to describe it to you, but there was a sequence where um, there were four straight interceptions in this game. Like there, that, that, that was a sequence that happened where Cal threw an interception, then on the ensuing drive, TCU threw an interception, then Cal threw it right back, and then TCU threw it right back. Like that's a thing that happened in this football game. And I, I, I just wish if you, ha- if you didn't see it, I wish you could have experienced it with us because it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Check it out on YouTube. Um, you know, my wife, Jana, she pointed out, she loved the cow uniforms. I don't know if you liked them. The, uh, they had, uh, gold or yellow on the bottom of their shoes, and she loved the matte blue helmets that they had. I don't know if you liked them or not. I, I liked them a lot, and I think they should burn them. <laughs> I think I think they, they should probably burn them and never wear them again. I didn't how see how the, did they the throw MVP. five interceptions and Brandon McElwain wasn't even on the field? How? <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so who was good for Kelsey? So Jalen Hawkins had Two picks, I believe. Maybe, I don't know if he picked up the hat trick, but he had two mm-hmm. early. So I thought that was kind of that was good. And it, you know, the Cal defense obviously played really well. Um, now, yes, they were playing against uh, a, a quarterback who you know never started his whole career, and he's he's leaving. You know, he's now done with the program. But that was the first time TCU was shut out in the first half all year, um, and they didn't score until late in the game. I mean, they had fourth down stops. They had obviously a a bunch of interceptions um, and the, the six picks in the first half, that was the most, according to, uh, I think it was, Kyle no, I, I think it was on the broadcast. So the, the most picks uh, of any game this season. So there was, this bowl game had more inter first half interceptions than any game this season. And it's the first time in five years in FBS play. This was according to Kyle Bonagora where each team threw at least four interceptions. So there was historic um, value to how bad, how inept the quarterback play uh, was in this game. Wonderful. You can hear my wife laughing in the background, maybe. Just so wonderful. (laughs) I I don't think I've enjoyed a football game more in the last, like, two or three months. I think that was my favorite football game. Uh, and then it's okay. It, so I don't know if you know, I forget what was the quarterback. Um, where is he? Who was the quarterback that uh, TCU rolled out there? I forget his name. Mulestein? Uh, 
Yeah, well, okay. So he gets banged up a little bit. And so in the, I think it was the, there was a late in the third or fourth quarter or something. So they had TCO to run out uh, a guy named Justin Rogers, who, and the quote was, doesn't have full use of one of his feet. <laughs> so he has like a drop foot condition. So that's the, when, when the, the, the five interception or the four interception guy gets hurt, this is the, they had to roll out someone who didn't have full use of one of his feet. Like, this is a real thing. This, you have to watch this. It's insane. All the weird stuff that happened in this game. Yeah, and it's 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 just a shame that for like posterity, for people who like weren't there watching it, it's just going to look like a trash game. And it was, and I don't mean to say that it wasn't, but it was so much more than that too. I'm just glad we all experienced it. it those of us who did watch it. it I mean, you're going to be like you would die for this game in June, right? Like, there's that's what I kept thinking. I was like, okay. Yes, this dude. Is I would die yes, for this, this game is... in like late October. This was this this ruled. <laughs> I would I would watch this game every weekend. It was incredible. The, I mean, the issue is here is we knew Cal's defense would be good. Oh, by the way, we got this pick wrong. It was essentially a pick 'em. It was when we picked it was Cal Cal minus one. I think that the line ended up TCU minus one and a half. It went back and forth. It was just you know basically. I pick and we both picked uh, Cal and, and got this one wrong. Uh, so I am 0-2 in bowl picks, and I think I picked the Pac-12 teams each time, so I think I might have to switch and and pick against the Pac-12 going forward, which I can't believe I picked two Pac-12 teams in this bowl season. But, um, yeah, so this we, we did get this one wrong. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, good good to know. All right. Um, you ready to preview some what, football what games? What do you think? Like for Cal, so, um, so Cal's uh, defense, obviously very good. Uh, Tim DeRuiter doing a great job there. We, we talk about Wilcox making those hires. Bull Baldwin, as the offensive coordinator, I'm not, I'm not saying this is his fault, but he's the offensive coordinator. This was, this Justin was Wilcox the worst defensive guy. This was so that it, they did two critical things this year that I think were very bad. This game in its entirety was horrible. I mean, how are you throwing the ball that many times when your guys can't complete a pass? To your team. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was playing Brandon McIlwain so much. Um, those are pretty much indefensible. So, yeah, I think he's got to answer for that. Um, I was, I, I, you know, I still thought pretty highly of Bo Baldwin, but this year has taken a lot out of it for me. Um, this was, I mean, this was horrific. Uh, just awful, awful offense all year. Um and you could make an argument that with even like competent quarterback play or just you know anything slightly above average for the entirety of the year, Cal would have been like a nine and three team. Um, so yeah. yeah, very bad. So that's if you the way Cal scored, and, and this is weird. Like the whole time, Cal was up seven nothing basically for the entire game until you know the very end. And Cal defense just kept showing up over and over again. Now, there was a lot of picks, obviously. And like Dave said, there were four in a row. But Cal got one. It was kind of like a field position battle. And then Cal had a really bad punt return that, like, flipped the field where, like, TC was backed up. The punt was really good. And the Cal, like, uh, punt returner was running backwards, basically, and gets tackled. And there was a penalty. So it was like they should have had the ball, like, near midfield. And they had it, like, inside their 20 or something. But 
um, you know, Cal actually took advantage of one of the early interceptions where they got it in plus territory through like a, a 30 yard pass or something, which was like, you know, they did that twice in the game um, and set, you know, Chase Garber's up at the, at the, the three and then he ran it in. So that was like seven, nothing early. And then it was just like nothing. There was just interceptions and punts and just, it was gross. Um, but they, you know, I think it was, I think when Chase Forrest came in, what was it? Wait, is it? Yeah. Chase Forrest came in. He threw another like 30 yard pass where they were backed up and the, the announcers were like, Hey, you gotta be real conservative here. And no, he, he drops back and throws the ball. It was beautiful. He gets over the coverage and, you know, gets, you know, gets them out of the shadow of their own end zone and, and goes out there for 30. But those were like the two big plays. TCU had none of those. Like Cowboys had a couple and the passing game looked all right at times, but it was like so bad at other times. It was just weird. Um, so I, I feel like maybe Bill Baldwin was trying to show like, hey, we can do this. We can do this when they shouldn't have been for one. They should have been running the ball. And, you know, when when it went wrong, it wasn't an incompletion. It was an interception. And that, that just seemed like, you know, to lose that game, I was thinking about this the whole time. If Cal loses this game, there, there's something that I mean, this is wrong. Like, there's no way Cal should lose this game the entire time. That's what I was thinking. And obviously uh, they did. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, TCU developed the right strategy as the game went on, and Cal just kept trying to throw the ball. That's really it. Yeah, they had the one play, so it was like fourth and two. Okay, TCU did what you love, right? They were, I think, at like the plus 40. It was fourth and like two chain links. It was an inch. And they punted like down 7 nothing in the second half. It was late in the third quarter, I believe it was. I, I, I just wanted to see you watching that going – what that like every mathematical model would say go for it right for an inch and and uh gary patterson did not but they end up getting the ball back i think they had a big punt return and then they faced a fourth and two and went for it um this was later in the fourth and it ended up being like a like a wildcat so like the quarterback's not even out there and all you got to do is stop the guy running and he ran he plowed all the way through and they called it a touchdown but it wasn't he got down to like the half yard line and then they end up punching it in. So that was like really weird how the two scores happened. Like one, you know, off the interception for Cal and one was like the wildcat on fourth and two. And somehow they get this explosive offensive play, which you haven't seen one of those the whole game. Gorgeous. It was uh yeah, what this could be a fireable offensive for Bo Baldwin. Like Yeah, I, I this, think there's enough on can't lose. Yeah, there's enough on balance that I think they could. I don't know if they will, but this this year was in its entirety very bad, and not the 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 personnel is not so bad that it needed to be this bad all year. Um, so yeah, I think there's just when you've got quarterbacks making as many turnovers as they are, that's yeah. I I fail to see how it's every single quarterback on the roster. Maybe they are all this bad, or maybe it's something wrong with the scheme or what they're how it's communicated or something. But yeah. Not good. Not not good. All right. Well, that means the Pac-12 is now 0-2 in uh, bowl games. I guess the last bowl game I've seen some tweets win for the Pac-12 was Utah's last year. It was like 366 days ago. Um, so now neither team was favored. I guess when we picked this game, Cal was favored. Essentially pick them. But Fresno State was favored. Um 
but we're gonna we'll preview the next four, and then we'll do a we'll do a New Year's Eve show, and we'll preview the uh, the Rose Bowl. Uh, after that, I'm actually gonna go to the Rose Bowl parade. Cool. Have, you ever, have you ever done that? I think we talked about this last week. Um, I, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I I've never done the actual parade. Right. Okay. We did talk about this. Sorry. Um, no, no, it's fine. But yeah, but we'll preview the next four games. See which teams are favored. See which where it's most likely the Pac-12 gets a gets a win. Need to get up to Schneid at some point. They were like losing that. That wasn't just a loss though. That was like a loss where you, the team looked inept against a Big 12 team. Like you couldn't score against a Big 12 defense. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe TCU could get kicked out of Big 12 for only scoring 10 points too. I think I don't know. Yeah, that, that's that's also a possibility. All right, should we get to these previews? Yes, let's do it. All right. So, starting off Friday, December 28th at 6 p.m. on ESPN, a ranked-on-ranked game. Iowa State taking on Washington State in the Alamo Bowl. So that's Washington State. That's uh, meow. Um, Washington yeah. State fa- <laughs> favored by three points. Um, so, Iowa State, they're pretty good. They've got some nice wins this year. Uh, Washington State, obviously, was probably the second best team in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the mustache, the whole whole mystique there. Um, but Iowa State, they beat, who did they beat? They beat Oklahoma State this year. They beat West Virginia this year. Lost to Texas. Lost to TCU. Oh, wow. Ooh. They lost at Iowa and lost Oklahoma, but I'm I'm looking at that loss to TCU right here. Uh Washington State, um, obviously just the two losses this season to USC and Washington. Um I don't know. What are you thinking, Ryan? Well, I mean, I think Matt Campbell's a really good coach. Um and having seen TCU up close. Now I know they got, you know, they lost. They lost. This was early. So this was a seventeen fourteen uh, loss back in September. TCU has been really banged up since then and hasn't played uh, all that well. Uh, they beat a ranked West Virginia team, so you know I guess that's pretty good. Uh, they beat Texas Tech. Um, you know, it's not. Uh, they they did lose to Texas, like you mentioned. They you know. Barn burner, they beat Kansas State real close uh, late in the season. I'm kind of thinking that I need to switch my picking strategy because my gut says I'm taking Washington State here. They're going to score a bunch of points, um, but I, I'm I'm not doing well, Dave, picking the the, the Pac-12 team. So I we're like we said, we're going to let you pick second. I am going to go with Iowa State here and. Uh, and, and get the three points and see how I fare. Oh, crap. Because I want to so take Iowa want... State for a very specific reason. Mike Leach is kind of dog crap in bowl games. Um, oh, okay. They lost to Michigan State last year. They lost badly to Michigan State last year by like 25 points. They lost to Minnesota the year before. They barely beat Miami the year before that. And let's see... They also lost to Colorado State uh, in 2013. So 
that's not great. Um, maybe a sign that he doesn't necessarily get these teams up for bowl games, and this is a weird one because the Alamo Bowl almost always ends up kind of feeling like a Big 12 home game um, just because of location issues there. Um, but I need to start picking opposite you. So it's a strategy thing at this point. So against my best instincts, I will take Washington State to win and cover. So Nice. Yeah. I don't think um, they're yeah, going to be up to this one. You did do that last week. No, but I need to start doing it because we only have so many games left. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I will, I will take Gardner Minshew and Washington State, even though I think they could be in more of a letdown spot here. Because they probably had Rose Bowl dreams uh, heading into the Apple Cup, so there's that disappointment factor that yeah. didn't make a New Year's not just Rose, but just New Year's Six Bowl. You know, yeah. to be on the outside looking in there, what is the motivation factor here? Um, like you said, they haven't had a great record in bowl games. It's hard to say. Yeah. My gut though still says that Leach is going to score a bunch of points and, and they're going to win this game, but you know who knows. Yep. All right, then we have a host of New Year's Eve bowls. Oh, wait. So thinking back to our strategy, we might just want to preview every game because if we record on New Year's Eve, these games won't have ended. So we won't be able to recap. Uh, okay. Anyway. So maybe we just okay. preview everything. <laughs> we We're very dumb here work. on the podcast of champions. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so we, let's... We, we're, we're pivoting. We're pivoting. We're pivoting to uh, five previews. All right, Monday, December 31st at 11 a.m. on CBS. And if it's 11 a.m., you know it's the Sun Bowl. Stanford taking on Pittsburgh. Oof. Uh, Stanford favored by five and one-half points. Um, Stanford, kind of a disappointing year. Um, Bryce Love never got going. Uh, they didn't really figure out that he wasn't going to get going until about halfway through the season. Um, once they figured out that their offense was more of like a power air raid, um, they started to get things uh, moving a little bit better. Two close losses to Washington and Washington State in the back half of the season, but um, you know, three other wins, four other wins, uh, including ASU, uh, beat UCLA, beat Cal, beat Oregon State. Um, very nearly did and probably should have beaten Washington. Um, so they, they kind of got things going towards the end of the year. Uh, Pittsburgh is a very bad team. Um, they are 7-6 and six because, really because the ACC is absolute piss. Um, and they're, uh, yeah, they, they, they should be a lot worse than that. They basically beat up a lot of really bad teams this year. Um, lost to very nearly every single decent team they played. They lost by 31 points to uh, national champion UCF. They lost by three points to UNC, which just fired their coach. They lost by 45 points to Penn State. Uh, they lost by 21 points to Miami, and they lost by 32 points to Clemson. So this is a team that is not afraid of getting blown out. Ryan, what's your pick? <laughs> Well, Dave, I, I'm from the Pittsburgh area mm -hmm, originally, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, going with my, I don't think I can pick a Pac-12 team for the rest of the bowl season, I'm going to roll with the Pitt Panthers and getting those five and a half points, hoping it's not some sort of blowout. Beautiful, juicy points. I get it. I understand. Juicy points. I'm going to take them. 
I feel really comfortable taking Stanford here, actually. All right. So I'm going to take Stanford minus the five and a half. So we've gone opposite on both of the first two games. Let's see if we can keep this up. I like it. All right. At 12 noon. So no matter what, the Pac-12 is going to have scheduling issues because even in bowl season, when in theory you could, you know, split these things up and have them be over, you know, a long period of time, two of the Pac-12 affiliated bowls are on at basically the same time, 11 a.m. and then 12 (laughs) noon. Uh, Michigan State (laughs) against Oregon in the Red Box Bowl. So this is a big break from tradition because this is the San Francisco Bowl but it is not named after a food this year. So, and that's probably why you were confused about the Cheez-It thing, because you're like, okay, it was the Emerald Nut. Maybe it'll be the Cheez-It now. No, it's the Red Box Bowl. Red Box. I didn't even know those existed anymore. Um, They're still a thing. Yeah. So this is at Levi Stadium. Oregon is favored by two and a half points. Uh, The over-under is 48. So they're expecting... A bit of a slugfest. Uh, big news that we didn't get to up top. Um, Justin Herbert has announced that he is coming back for next season. Um, so that is some big news. Maybe a boost for Oregon in this game. Uh, the Ducks, you know, I think they had some offensive line injuries. I don't know if guys have gotten a little bit healthier in the meantime. Uh, Michigan State is not great. Uh, they... Started off the year pretty highly ranked, um, very well thought of by a lot of uh, people. Lost to ASU, lost to Northwestern, lost to Michigan, lost to Ohio State, and lost to Nebraska. They lost to Nebraska in a game that was 9-6. to That's a thing that happened, and they only beat Rutgers Ooh. by 4. So didn't end the year necessarily a house of fire. Um, so Oregon... You know, I, I don't think they had necessarily the year they wanted to, um, but they ended the year quite a bit stronger than Michigan State did. What's your pick on this one? Well, David, um, I saw the Michigan State-Michigan game, and, uh, man, Michigan State did not look good. Uh, they scored like seven points. Yes, um, yes, that's the thing that happened. And Justin Herbert's coming back. I think they're, you know, that that's got to make the Ducks excited for 2019. But what does it mean for New Year's Eve 2018, David? I think it means they got the top recruiting class in the conference, a top five in the country. People are focused on that. I don't think they're focused on the bowl game, David. And because this is a Pac-12 team, I have to pick against them. So I'm going Michigan State. Give me the points. You are turning me into a champion of the Pac-12, because against my better instincts <laughs> in this one, I too will take the Ducks, or I will take the Ducks, not two, because you didn't take the Ducks. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, though. Like, my gut is telling me, like, Stanford's going to win, Oregon's going to win, but my gut was telling me other things about Arizona State and Cal, and my gut was wrong, so I'm going against my gut. I'm going against, I'm going with the trend. The Pac-12 has lost what eleven of the last twelve, or ten like, or ten of the last eleven bowl games. So I'm just kind of rolling with that. If I'm getting points. I'm just going to take those points at this point. All right, take those points at this point. Hell yeah! <laughs> at four p.m. on FS1, number twenty-two Northwestern against number seventeen Utah in San Diego for the Holiday Bowl. Utah is favored by seven points. Uh, Northwestern is sneaky bad. Um, you wouldn't really know it because they won their division. 
Um, you know, they should be, you know, you'd think, oh, they won, they won part of the Big Ten. That's, that, that's got to mean they're pretty good, right? Uh, no, no, that doesn't mean that. Uh, they lost to Duke. They lost to Akron. They lost to Michigan. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Ohio State. Ohio State game was not close. They have, uh, I mean, three good wins, I guess, depending on what you think Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Iowa are. Um, if you're of my opinion that they are all the exact same team and Northwestern is of that ilk, it's basically just what you would expect. Um, a bunch of you know garbage offense, decent enough defense teams beating up on each other. Utah, for its part, um, had moments this year where it looked like the best team in the Pac-12. Um, they, their offense got going towards the end of the year. Now, obviously, they're going to have to do this one without, I think, Troy Taylor, because I think he's probably already starting uh, his new job. Um, but this is, you know, it, I think you can look at it and say they're, they're their offense got quite a bit better, and it's probably still going to look pretty good, even with a you know maybe a change up at offensive coordinator. Um, so minus seven, what do you think? Uh, okay, so obviously I'm picking against the Pac-12, but there's one Pac-12 coach who wins his bowl game, and that's Kyle Whittingham. So I believe it's ten and one. Or eleven to one, or something like that, in bowl games. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go and take Utah and lay the seven against the the Big Ten leaders, division, whatever champions, Northwestern Wildcats. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to take Utah on this one. So it looks like Tyler Huntley has not yet been announced whether or not he's going to play. Um, he hasn't. Uh, Utah's I think keeping mum on whether or not he's uh, cleared yet. So that's a little bit of a wrinkle. Um, so we will see on that. All right, so you're taking Utah? I'm going to take Utah. That'll be my, my Pac-12 pick, just because Whittingham's very good at the Bulls. How far behind am I? Uh, you are four games behind. So I need to basically go four and one down the stretch. So I, need, I, I really need to pick opposite you and hope you lose five. Um, all right, so I'll take Northwestern. Great. I, uh, right. That that one nearly makes me vomit, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think Utah's nice. going to win this one by like 20 points, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pick Northwestern to cover because, you know, I I sucked for November. Hey, it could be a close game. I mean, 7 points is a lot. Could be a close game. Maybe. Um, maybe. You know. Oh, um all right. Tuesday, January 1st. The Rose Bowl, 2 p.m. on ESPN in Pasadena. Number nine, Washington versus number six, Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by six and a half points. Uh, This will be the, uh, I mean, have we heard any word yet? Has Jake Browning gotten any word about his eligibility for next year? Because this could be his last game, right? It's potentially, but I I feel they're holding out hope that he's going to get that extended Eighth year of eligibility, so I think they're they're working on it. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad that joke's gonna die soon. Um, so, what what has happened when we've seen Jake Browning go up against um, defenses that have elite athletes? 
I want to hit this button, but I don't have a button. Can you do it for me? That was ferocious. Um, and that's a description <laughs> of basically every time Jake Browning is thrown against the defense that actually has some speed, has some athleticism, has some has some size and talent. Ohio State's defense hasn't been good this year, but I think the level of athleticism they're going to face is uh, it hasn't generally been a good a good fit for uh, the way Jake Browning throws the football. Um, Ohio State's pretty good. Uh, when they've been up for games, uh, they've been nearly dominant. I mean, what they did to Michigan um, this year was really impressive because that was a Michigan team that was firing on all cylinders heading into that game. Um, they're, they truly are a team that I think had a strong argument for the playoff. Um, obviously didn't make it, but they had a strong argument for it. Um, one loss to Purdue that was kind of inexplicable game where they just, yeah, I think they were unfocused. Um, but otherwise, I mean, uh, pretty dominant at different points this year, uh, but especially against Michigan and down the, the final two games of the year, uh, beat, beat the crap out of Northwestern as well. Um, Washington, I think is good. Uh, I think their defense is really good. Um, they lost a couple of really weird games this year, uh, Oregon and Cal. Um, probably legitimately lost that Auburn game, but again, it was very close, lost by five. Um, they haven't gotten blown out a ton um, ever under Chris Peterson. Um, this game, this year, they lost to Cal by two, Oregon by three, and Auburn by five. Um, so Ohio State's favored by six and a half. That does feel like a lot. Uh, against a Chris Peterson team. What's your pick here, Ryan? My pick is the Ohio State Buckeyes. I got to see them up close and personal in the uh, Cotton Bowl last year. It's a very athletic team. It's exactly the, uh, the the Jake Brown and Kryptonite you need, like, you know, big athletic dudes that can chase you and put pressure on you and make you hit tight windows and uh, all that kind of stuff. I think this is going to not go well for Jake Browning in his final game as a Washington Husky. I thought the the line, I wrote down seven just in my mind. The fact that it's under a touchdown makes it easy for me to take uh, Ohio State in this one. I think this is an important one, I think, for the Pac-12. And if, if Chris Peters can, can put something together and, and get a big win here, I think it means a lot because this is a really good, talented Ohio State team. And are they going to show like they showed against Michigan, which – I mean, that was just domination. That was the number one. I think still is the number one defense in the country. And Ohio State put up like 62 points on them. Um, so we've seen this Ohio State offense put up a lot of points against really good defenses. So they could do it here. But I could also see Ohio State coming out and playing like they've done in some of these other games where they're like, you know, sleepwalking through. Like the way they played against Purdue was terrible. Um, you know, they got to come out west. I, I feel like they're going to play well, but if if they don't, and Chris Peterson has the, the Washington guys up for this game, it'd be huge for the Pac-12 uh, to get a win here. I think it would really build some momentum going into next season. And then, you know, you win that game, and maybe Oregon beats Auburn to, to open the season next year with Justin Herbert back. I think it could give some momentum to the Pac-12. But I'm not seeing it, Dave. So I'm going to take Ohio State. I, I think they can win by, you know, 10 to 14 points. So under a touchdown, I'll take Ohio State and lay the six and a half. You know what I feel like you're doing is you're putting me in the position where I have to like pick Jake Browning in a big game. 
And I think that's sick, and I think it's wrong, and I think you're a, a bad person for doing it. Um, I can talk myself into you're it. Throwing up in your mouth a little. Look, Washington's defense is pretty good. Um, yeah. Ohio State's defense isn't like numbers wise very good at all. So, I mean, if you can get past the Browning factor, the, I, I, I could talk myself into it. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, okay, I'm taking Washington. Yeah, okay. Nice. Uh, disgusting. All right, so that's the bowl season. Um, those are our bowl previews. We, uh, all right, so right now, it's 0-2 Pac-12. They have five remaining games. So. So we got, so there's, so Washington State's favored by a field goal. Stanford favored by, you know, almost a touchdown. Uh, Oregon favored by about a field goal. Um, Utah favored by a touchdown. So for the the games, the Pac-12 is favored. And then the Rose Bowl, obviously, you know, not. But is, is four and three realistic? And if if that happens for the Pac-12 with, a say, you know, a Rose Bowl loss, is that good? Is that, I mean, obviously it's better than one and eight. I think even if they go three and four, um, I think it's fine. It's what we were saying, whatever it was, like a week or two ago. Um, the first two games were always kind of the pick em games. Um, you know, Fresno State was going to be favored by quite a bit against Arizona State. TCU and Cal were basically a pick em. Um, but now's the stretch where they've got to rack up some wins. And it's not like... Look, it's it's bowl games. They're always a crapshoot, and they're always weird, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I think just from like a narrative standpoint, it would really be nice if they won at least three of these things. Um, yeah. If they go three and four, I think it's fine. Like I don't think anybody's talking about the Pac-12 as if it's garbage. I think it's just it's whatever. Um, but anything under three, I think you're going to still have that narrative, and it'll be, oh, wow, the Pac-12 is whatever, three and 12 over the last two bowl seasons or whatever it is. Um, so... Yeah, I think running it up over the next four, like going three and one over the next four, and then whatever in the Rose Bowl, I think is uh, that's that that would be big for the Pac-12. But the, the issue I have is even if like if it's a four and one stretch and, and the Rose Bowl is a loss, um, you know maybe if it's close, it doesn't matter as much. But it just seems like that's the that's the blue blood game. You know, that's the one that you want to win and put a good showing in and. You know, losing that one, it just seems like it would it would be it just wouldn't be good for the Pac-12. Uh, you need to kind of you know, Washington losing to Auburn this year was not that's not a good look because uh, Auburn's pretty bad. Um, you know, Washington wins the Pac-12, Auburn's like seventh or something in the SEC or eighth or ninth, something like that. Um, so I, I kind of feel like this is an important one, Dave. Like this would be big for the. I think it's big. You know, it's a big win for the Pac-12. They can get it. I don't know how much it hurts, though, if you lose it. Do you think it's a big deal? I, I kind of think it is, but I don't know what you think. I, I, I think it's a bigger – I think it would be a bigger deal to win. I don't think it's a big it, – it's not in isolation a big deal to lose it. Here would be the big deals to lose. I think if you lose to Pittsburgh, if you lose to Michigan State, and if you lose to Northwestern, those look yeah. really bad because Pittsburgh and Northwestern especially are not good. Those are not good football teams, and if you lose those, I think that's a sign that, you know, uh, 
that's that's losing to, like if you lose to Pittsburgh, that's losing to a worse league um, with a team that's. Uh, let's just look at where where Pittsburgh is in uh, advanced stats because I think that's going to tell the tale here. Hang on, because. You know, Ohio State, I think everyone expects them to be better. I think people were expecting them to be, you know, a playoff team or very nearly this year. So losing to them, I don't think is that big of a deal. Uh, But let's look at where Pittsburgh is in these rankings. All right, so Pittsburgh is, um, according to Bill Connolly's S&P Plus, is the 67th best team in football this year. Northwestern is the 80th best team. (laughs) Losing to those teams would be devastating. Like that's that is yeah. absolute fiery trash. Um, Michigan State's better than that; they're thirty fifth. But um, Stanford is the twenty seventh best team. Utah is the seventeenth best team. Stanford and Utah legitimately should blow those teams out. Um, if they're yeah. not capable of that, that is a little bit of a worrying sign. That's something that I think could spark a new narrative about the Pac-12 that wouldn't be appetizing. But Washington losing to Ohio State, that's not going to be... That's not like that, especially if it's a close game. Now, getting blown out in that game, that wouldn't be good. But I think if Washington State... Yeah. If Washington plays it close and loses the way they've lost their three games this year, where it's like a three- to five-point loss, no, I don't think that's... that. That's not anything that's going to spark a, a negative narrative, I don't think. But um, losing those middle-tier games, is that's that would be bad. Um, we just have to hope that either it's really a lot like the Cheez-It Bowl or nothing like it and actually a fun fun game to watch. Um, we got a text message, Dave. Uh, it said, we got Cal gave up only 28 passing yards, picks off four passes, and loses. I think I would take any of the Dr. Pepper tuition giveaway participants over what whatever quarterback played tonight. I assume at least both of their legs work even if everything is a chess pass. Um, well, you'd be wrong on that one because there was one quarterback that played that didn't have the <laughs> use of both of his legs. Um, he said, also, another text, I thought of canceling. I thought canceling a bowl was the worst thing I've seen. The Cheez-It Bowl has topped that. It was It was something else. It was something beautiful. We got another text message. All right, so we've got like five minutes for this stuff, so let's do these quick. Um, we got another text message. Watching Cal TCU, and Cal was just faced with Davies' choice. On the one hand, Cal had 4th and 5 from the 40-yard line and a tie game with two minutes left. On the other, going for it would have required Cal to offense. What do you do, asshole? What do you do? Great. It's a great point. It's a great point. What do you do? I think, I think the priority with Cal is to never offense. So I support them being very conservative on 4th down because I don't think they should ever, ever, ever attempt to offense. That was the the issue. I just as soon as I saw Cal coming out, it was like an open, like spread, like kind of like just really open up the floodgates sort of offense early, and uh, it was working really well. They would have scored on that first drive, but they got a sack, and then the second drive they started working at two, and got sacked again. It wasn't as long. I think they got one or two first downs, and then they got sacked. But it was like sort of these negative plays. But if you would just like. I don't know. I mean, if, if you just were running the football, they'd probably have been better off. But it just felt like they were trying to be, we're going to open it up and open up. And it just, that was like not the thing to do. Like you, you, you told them not to do that. Don't get over 300 yards. Don't throw the ball more than you run the ball. And uh, Cal couldn't uh, heed your advice. Yeah. 
All right, so I've, I'm I'm sifting through the questions um, because uh, some of these are just kind of off-season rambling topics. Um, got another text message. Uh, two requests. One, can we please have Ryan say Boise again? Is there a reason you feel the need to say to like moisty to say? It? Is there a reason you feel the need to say it like moisty instead of Boise like a goddamned American? Wait, say Boise. <laughs> How do you say Boise? Okay, so the way that they like you to pronounce it is Boise. Oh, God. I believe. That does sound wrong. Yeah. Don't I, do that. I would always say Boise. I would always say Boise. Like, that's what I did. But I, when you, like, watch one of the games where, like, the local announcers or whatever, you know, like, they're, they, I, I believe they prefer it to be pronounced Boise. Well, but, um, like, I, I guess, feel like which, it should have, like, an extra E at the end if they really want it to be a C. Yeah, you I don't know. know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I, no, no, I no. I, I've I've gotten that impression too, but I just I just deny the request. You know that unspoken <laughs> request from them that's like, oh yes, pronounce it like this, Boise. Um, it's just too soft. You know, I think an S E that says Z to me, not not S. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like. Yeah, so they want they want it to be called big game and not the big game. So Dave will not honor that request. Yeah, I'm just contrarian. Um, and then he also says, in honor of Jake Browning's impending retirement and subsequent Mer- Medicare enrollment, we're going to need a new running gag. Can you please refer to ASU as the Herm Devils from now on? Feels correct to me. The Herm Devils, I like it. I like it. Um, we had an email from Phil about Bo Baldwin. We talked about him, so maybe we'll address this. Ryan and Dave, thanks for producing such a great podcast every week. I'm sure it's a ton of work for both of you and just hope you know we all appreciate it. Well, thanks, Phil. Appreciate that. Um, I was wondering what you guys think of Coach Baldwin as offensive coordinator. Cal fans tend to be pretty negative about him and Cal football in general, so I was wondering what outsiders thought. I feel like he hasn't had that much talent to work with with these past two years, which sort of explains our subpar offense. Plus, he does have a good track record with ECU. Um, most fans seem to think he is a complete disaster and needs to be fired immediately. Thanks for the pod and go Bears. Phil. Really I active. I was I was definitely more on board with positive about him um, heading into this season, um, but uh, the way they managed the quarterback position. Um, and the way they uh, really gacked this bowl game. I mean, honestly, I don't usually take a whole lot from bowl games, but um, the way they called that game was insane. Like, that was actually, like, irrational behavior from the offensive staff for Cal. So I think all of that considered, I'd be pretty negative about him right now. Um, I, don't think there, I, I don't think there were talent concerns enough to be that bad on offense this year. Um, I think that that was mismanagement, um, especially of the quarterback position. Um, You know, you can make an argument they lost that Arizona game, especially simply because they played the wrong quarterback. Um, And, uh, you know, if you, if you look at it, uh, they were, that Washington state game was winnable as well. If they played the right quarterback, um, there were there were opportunities to win more games this year um, that they kind of gacked away from a management standpoint. So, 
Yeah, I, I think if you if you believe that Baldwin is entirely in charge of the offense and that Wilcox isn't, you know, playing any kind of meddling role because sometimes defensive coaches do that, um, then yeah, I, I think you can be pretty negative about him justifiably at this point. Yeah, that, I mean, I like the hire. I talk about it as being a really good hire, but the problem is. Um, you know, you win a game against Washington where you don't score an offensive touchdown. You lose a game like this bowl game should not have been lost. And the the kind of opportunities you were given by your defense to only put up seven points. Um, I mean, I feel like this, this is a fireable offense. Like they, the way they went into the season with three quarterbacks, which was weird, you know, and then they kind of cut it down to two. And like Dave said, like you were playing the wrong one and it was pretty clear you were playing the wrong one. And I, I don't know. I mean, we saw that with Stanford last year. And sometimes coaches get really stubborn. And maybe that's Wilcox's call. You know, maybe he wanted a more athletic quarterback. But Rick Chase Garber was, was running through people. And, and you know, he's, the only touchdown they scored in this game was him running the football in. It wasn't like he was he's unathletic. Um, so I, I feel like you're right. It was mismanagement a lot of the way. Um, but this, there's enough talent here. You got a Patrick Laird, uh, you know, you had three quarterbacks to choose from. You, you got some good pieces there. Um, I, you needed to do better on offense than you did this year. And maybe it's just like, you're trying to run a system that's not really fitting the personnel. Maybe you're maybe, maybe like you said, maybe Justin Wilcox is, uh, you know, has a hand on things and he's not able to do everything he wants to do, but this isn't, to me, this isn't working. I, I don't feel like if you're if you're Cal, and you feel like you can kind of take the next step. You've seen what Oregon's doing. You know, Washington's good. You know, Stanford's always going to be there. I kind of feel like something major has to change on the offensive side of the ball because just having a competent offense, you're talking of a, a seven win team to a eight or nine win team, easy. Yep, agreed. All right. Well, I think that's about it for us. I've got to go. You got to go. We got to live our lives. Um, so we will probably come back, I think, probably, what, next Wednesday? Something like that, after the games are all yeah. done. And then we'll do a recap. And then we'll head into the actual off season, And that's going to be a wild time, but we're going to get through it all together. And that's going to be that's gonna yeah. be what it is. We'll, do, we'll try to do a recruiting show for sure. We need to recap the early signing period. Congrats to Oregon uh, winning the number five team in the country. Uh, it was pretty crazy as far as recruiting rankings go. And then getting Justin Wilcox back. I'm Justin Wilcox. Getting Justin Herbert back. Uh, big deal uh, for the Ducks. So we'll, we'll try to talk about all that stuff, too. Uh, we just were limited in time in this one. The, uh, our post-Christmas between the bowl games sort of show. It's so weird, David. All the bowl games are just bunched up in like two days. I know. It's, uh, it is weird. It used to be. Uh, it used to feel like these were all spaced out more, but it feels like all the Pac-12 bowls are like on the exact same day because they are. So yeah, that's great. Good scheduling. Weird. Go team. All right. Well, Ryan, I guess we will uh, talk to you again next time. Sounds good. That's David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you guys all for listening to the podcast of Champions. We'll talk to you next time.